Happy May Days. <laughs> hey, and someone say amen for your allergies. Amen. We want to inspire you to take your first steps into our life-giving local church and discover the community and the support you have been searching for. Come join us in one of our services at Mayo High School at either 9.15 or 10.45 a.m. on Sundays. We can't wait to meet you and welcome you to our family at Echo Church. It's family, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it is. Hey, our hope is that Echo will become your place where you feel a true sense of belonging, your people, mm -hmm. where your friendships, where you find friendships mm -hmm. and support and your purpose, mm -hmm. where you discover and fulfill your unique calling. We believe that's what we're all searching. That's what we're all searching for and we're excited to share it with you. If you're going to come to an in-person service, and I know you are, mm -hmm. consider Mother's Day. In fact, don't miss Mother's Day at Echo Church. We have a few epic things planned to wow your mother and make sure she feels appreciated. Wow. wow. Hey, we are incredibly grateful for your generosity week after week. We truly believe that giving is more than just a financial transaction. It's an act of worship and a powerful way to make a difference in the world. <gasps> so before we come to the end of service today, we want to encourage you to take a moment to connect with God and ask Him how you can Make an impact through your giving. Are you willing to join us in the act of faith and generosity? I could keep going. Hey, I know you could. Hey, you can donate by heading to our website or simply Venmo us at We Are the Echo Church. Enjoy the rest of Echo Online. We will dance to the earth that goes ahead. Sing his praise to see.
How is everyone? Yes. Yes, my name is Christy. If I have not met you, I want to meet you, so let's talk. But I'm one of the pastors here at Echo Church, and I just wanted to say welcome. And I know you just watched that cute little video with my beautiful daughter, but I do want to invite you and just reiterate the value and importance of connecting with us. There are connect cards all around the rubber bands in this auditorium, and this is just me saying fill it out. If you have never filled out a connect card, we would love for you to do so so we can connect with you in the lobby after service. Second, Echo Culture is next week. If you have not gone to Echo Culture, I'm telling you, it's awesome. We're doing two sessions in one day. And so if you are still coming here and you're like, I don't know anyone, maybe you're feeling a little anxious every time you come or you're looking for community or you're looking for your life purpose and just like, how can I serve? How can I do something that's out of the box? We want you to come. And even if it's just coming to learn more about Echo Church, we would love to have you visit us next week. So you can stop at that red info table as well to fill that out. So there's my announcements because I care and we want to connect with you. All right. Who's ready for today? Yes. All right, so we are kicking off a series called When I Met Anxiety. You see it on the screen. And this is something that we've been praying about and getting excited for for the past couple months. And today is the first Sunday with this series. And so God, our Father Almighty, decided to just give us a current situation for me to experience some anxiety. So here I am on stage, unplanned, but my husband and I, Andy, if you have not met him, we were traveling this past week in, we were down in Alabama which I've become um, a big fan of. I love Birmingham. It's a good time. And so we were down there. We were at a conference with a couple thousand pastors. We had an awesome week. And then lo and behold, on Friday when we were traveling, my husband got a sprained ankle. So you can see him here. He's on crutches looking good. Um, and so on Friday night, we get home and it's about 10, 1030 and we're in our room and we're doing the whole like, what are we going to do? And he's like, babe, just a heads up, you're going to preach on Sunday. I was like, perfect, anxiety, let's go. So the title of my sermon today is, Jesus Take the Wheel. (laughs) Carrie Underwood, I will sing next hour. Just kidding, there isn't one. But um, Jesus Take the Wheel, okay? So you can write that down. But anxiety, when did you meet anxiety for the first time? Take a moment, think about it. And if you're sitting here going, I've never had anxiety, you're lying. All right, anxiety. Anxiety for me was um, I was probably eight or nine years old. I remember it was summer. We were living in Casson. I was a comet. For those of you that don't know, we were living in this little house. And I'm a firstborn. And so my mom and dad were wanting me to start like learning how to be home alone so they could go to the grocery store or do something. And so they were like, okay, so we're going to do some role playing, Christy, to set you up for success. And so I remember being warm because we weren't using our winter storm door. It was the screen door with like the eye hook to keep it real safe from all the crazies, right? And so my mom was on the outside pretending to be the big bad wolf or the stranger, and then I was on the inside and she was wanting me to practice how I'm going to come to the door and not let someone just come into our house. And I hated it. I remember crying, I remember being like, I don't wanna practice this, mom. And she's like, you have to, you have to. But I remember feeling anxious, why? Because I immediately started to begin to learn that the world is not safe and that there's bad people out there, there's stranger danger. 
And I come from the era of Jacob Wetterling, and I remember those type of stories. And so I just remember being really fearful, really worried, really scared. And then my mom's like, we're going to now practice answering the phone. For those of you that don't know, phones used to be attached to a wall with a cord. And we had one in the kitchen so we could go into like three rooms. It was awesome. And my mom would have me practice, how are you going to answer the phone? Never say we're not home. Say we're in the shower. She can't come to the phone right now. And just, you know, some good old lies to keep me safe. But that was when I met anxiety. So right now, I want you to think about when did you meet anxiety for the first time? Maybe it was taking a test and really struggling with just like wanting to do really well and getting anxious because you wanted to nail it. Maybe you overheard your parents fighting. I know that can be really common or hearing something going on in the background maybe that you're not supposed to be hearing and it causes you to be anxious. Anyone ever get lost in a store? or left behind, or your parents just roll off without you and they forgot you because they have so many kids. (laughs) One thing I got anxious about all the time as a kid is the stupid show, Unsolved Mysteries. Anyone? Like the worst show ever. I still can hear the intro song and like panicking. I'd be in my bed and I'd hear my parents watching it because I think it started at like eight o'clock. I remember being dark out and being like, please turn the show, turn the channel. They'd have to go to the TV, for those of you who don't know, and you'd have to turn it. It was really fun. Um, Even couldn't stand the show Rescue 911. Made me afraid. People get hurt. Don't like it. Movie that was huge in the 80s that I couldn't stand was Gremlins. Ew. Gremlins. Any fans? Like, those things, like, I thought they were real. I remember thinking they were in my room. Ew. Didn't like them. Maybe maybe you've gotten anxious in um, your car or traffic or whatever the case may be. It's just like taking yourself back and thinking about when did you meet anxiety for the first time? because we all have a different story. And I'm here today not to tell you that I'm an expert, not that I have everything figured out, which you're gonna learn really quickly, but it's here, this is my disclaimer, is that I'm a person, I'm a woman, I'm a pastor, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, who has experienced stress, a lot of it, anxiety, pressure, And I am just a normal person who has struggled and is currently struggling. And I'm not coming at you to tell you all the answers, but I'm here in hopes to be able to lean into the Holy Spirit, lean into God, and allow scripture and the Holy Spirit to guide us today. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I just want to pray. So just to start off this message, if you guys just want to close your eyes, you put your feet on the floor, just like... Center yourself. You can even open your hands. I like to open my hands a lot when I pray. It's just honestly a way for me to surrender and to position myself to God, okay? You can even just take a deep breath. God, we just come to you right now, and I pray for every single person in this room. God, that you will meet us where we are are right now, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak through me. I pray for this message to not be of me, but to be for the people in this room, God, and that you have a word that you want to share today. I pray for the anxiety that anyone's experiencing as they walked into this place. I pray for you to touch their lives right now. I pray for you to equip us, transform our lives, God. I pray that we can see today that we are overcomers. I pray for all the chaos that's going on in people's worlds even today. Maybe it's text messages, check-in emails, chaos even just to get here, God. I just pray for the battle that's going on, that they can just be present in this next half hour and just give you what they're dealing with, God. And we just lift this up in your name. Amen. Amen. So what is anxiety? The definition of anxiety is 
feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease. Typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So not knowing what's going to happen. Anyone do that where you just go, well, what if, what if, what if? And you just start going down that rabbit trail. It's a desire to do something typically, un- typically accompanied with unease. It can be concern, extreme concern. Anxiety can be a mental condition characterized by excessive apprehensiveness about real or perceived threats, leading to avoidance behaviors often in physical symptoms as, such as increased heart rate or muscle tension. How does anxiety show up in our lives? It can show up through having an anxiety attack. It can be your heart racing or having twitches. It can be insomnia. Maybe it looks like extreme worry or control or anger or isolation. Maybe you've struggled with having panic attacks, feeling overwhelmed, losing control, feeling like you're going crazy. Could be your heart racing or just having extreme chest pains. Even right now, what is something maybe you're facing in this very moment where you're like, yeah, I think I'm anxious. Studies say, show that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting over 40 million people. That's 18.1% of our population. And this is good. This one gave me hope. Women are twice as likely as men to develop an anxiety disorder in their lifetime. (laughs) You're like, yeah, that sounds right. What I'm here to tell you is that anxiety is a liar. Write that down. Anxiety is a liar. It tells us things like, we're alone. No one will understand me. I'm the only one. I'm helpless. I'm not enough. But the truth is, is that God is with you. God is with me. He is our helper, and he is more than enough for us. Amen? All right, let's look at some some Bible verses here. I want you to open to the book of Luke. Luke is in the New Testament. It's one of the first four books of the Bible in the New Testament. So Luke chapter 10, okay? So we're going to read verses 38 and 42, and they're on the screen. And this is, this is a, we're, we're learning about Mary and Martha. Okay, Mary and Martha, I've referred to the scripture many times because you're going to see why. But Jesus is going to Mary and Martha's house, and they are sisters, and they're super excited. They are hosting Jesus. He's coming over. He's going to hang out with them, okay? So verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to the village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had said. But Martha was so distracted by all the preparations that he had, you can't hear me? Is this better? Whoa. Is that still feedback? Okay. Guys, this was the first time I was wearing this fancy thing too. That was an anxiety I was trying to push through. Here we are. I don't know what's happening. It's attached. It's okay. I'll do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. (laughs) Microphone, schmicrophone. Okay, here we are. So Jesus is at Mary and Martha's house. So Martha was distracted by all the preparations that they had to make. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work myself? Tell her to come help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but a few things are needed, or indeed only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Touche. Who's Mary? Don't raise your hand. Who's, the, who's sitting at Jesus' feet? Who's Martha? I'm Martha, for those of you that don't know. Hello, Heather. I am the one saying, Jesus, don't you see what I'm doing? And what, what's going on here? She is missing the big moment. She is missing what is the most important. The root word for worry or anxiety in the scripture is divide. When Martha says, are you, when Jesus says back to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. He's showing her, he's guiding her, and he's correcting her on what really matters. So oftentimes, when I look at my life, I see my mind being divided by what I'm supposed to do, what is right, what is wrong, what is truth, what is a lie. You see, Martha, she was over-occupied over by all of her work. I think she had a list going. I envision, you know, Jesus being, being there, hanging out, having probably epic conversations, sharing some parables, talking, chatting, and there's Martha in the kitchen just slamming cupboards. <laughs> or my favorite, what I've done to my family, is they're hanging out and I have the vacuum or the broom and I'm like going under their feet as they're hanging out. Anyone? I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. Or dumping the load of laundry in the living room while they're all just hanging, pretending, you know, Jesus is in the living room, hanging out with them. Martha said, do you not care? She was putting blame on her sister. I think she was insecure. She wanted Jesus to see what she was doing. Maybe she was trying to position herself. She was trying to justify why she couldn't sit. Why do you think she wasn't sitting? If I don't do it, no one will. I have no choice. You, le you make me do these things. You don't even care about me. Do you even see what I'm doing? You see, I can easily, quickly put myself into Martha's shoes. And I see where I can judge, and I see how I can isolate, or I can push people away, or I don't understand things. Christine Kane says this, anxiety is a sign that we are relying on our own strength instead of God's. We need to surrender our worries to him and trust in his goodness. Why do I love this quote? Is because it is a sign. Take today of any anxiety that you're experiencing as a sign that God is trying to speak to you right now. And it's an opportunity for us to rely on the Holy Spirit. So often we look at it as an obstacle. We want to quit. We want to justify, but take it as an opportunity to grow. Take it as an opportunity to rely on him. John Mark Comer says, anxiety is the gap between where we are and where we think we should be. The key is to trust in God's timing and plan. Today is about us bridging that gap. I think awareness is so important. It's getting in the headspace or stopping and pausing and saying, where am I right now? Like, not physically, but emotionally, spiritually, where are you at? How are you doing? How you're living right now, is it working? So I've had some, you know, some random stories in my life that are humbling. I decided I'd share an embarrassing one today that I have saved for you. So in this very moment, you guys have the gift of hearing how Christy is lame, okay? So here we go. So back in the day, I was graduating high school. So 1999, beautiful summer. I grew up in Red Wing, so I'm in Red Wing. And you know, the Mississippi River was a big event in our town. So grew up on the river. Friends always, we were boating, we were doing all the sports and hanging out, swinging from trees. It was a blast, okay? So a big employer in our town, once you hit 18, I. 
all my friends were, a lot of my friends were working at the big employer called Treasure Island Resort and Casino, okay? So my friends are working at TI, as the locals called it, and I didn't work there because I didn't turn 18 until till August, but I was going to TI all the time to get free Mountain Dew and maybe play $5 slots because I was really holy, okay? So I'd go to Treasure Island, and my friends were working there, and so I made friends with all the employees, and a couple things as I look back in this scenario that were a little odd is we were teenagers hanging out with 30s and 40s-somethings on the regular. No offense, but a little odd, okay? And so I get invited as a last hurrah of summer before we all, the young, the teeny bops were going to college like myself. And they're like, we're going to go on the river. We have this pontoon and we're going to rent some jet skis and you guys, you want to come? I'm like, absolutely. So I joined my friend and we go on this pontoon and we had rented, um, the guy who rented them, he rented two jet skis in his name. So just right away, you know, you sign the contracts and he's saying he's the only operator which obviously he's not, there's two. He also said he wasn't going to be drinking. He might have. Um, and then just like, you know, just following protocol. Well, one thing he decided to not do was get insurance. Because why would you do that? So here we are on these jet skis, and I am a very confident 18-year-old. And for those of you that don't know, I am a really good driver. So... <laughs> I get on this jet ski, and I have my friend with me, and we're whipping around, and I get the idea, like, you know, rivers, like, there's no waves. I'm like, we should make some waves. So I start whipping around the pontoon, like, if this is the pontoon, and this is the jet ski, I'm this close. Like, I could have held hands with them. And I'm just cranking it around and getting them super wet and thinking it's hilarious and laughing. And lo and behold, a boat flies by us. And what do you think happens? My jet ski dips into the pontoon, and immediately I'm like, (gasps) panic, freaking out, anxiety, like, oh my word, oh my word, oh my word. And so this guy jumps out of the boat, and he swims under the jet ski, and language comes out, and panic, and anger, and he's like, you there's a hole in the, the hole in the jet ski. And I'm like, I'll pay for it all. Oh my gosh, I'll pay for it all. I'm so sorry. And I just start spewing things. And trying to, you know, like I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm just like saying all these random things. And so he goes back to the marina and brings the boat, the pond, or the jet ski back, and he decides to lie and say he hit a log. And so they write up this whole like report, all that. So that's August. So I go home and I'm like, mom and dad don't need to know this, so I don't tell them. I just tell my friend who I was with and I keep it a little secret. Well, guess what? That secret followed me to Duluth where I went to college. And so I thought I could avoid. I thought I could just, you know, like put it away, forget about it, and just, you know, move on with my life. Well, fast forward about three, four months later. Knock, 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 knock on my mom and dad's door in Red Wing. Cops. I know. So my mom and dad answer the door. They're here today. And the cops come in. And they start interrogating my parents with all this stuff, like my parents should know, like talking about me and all this stuff. I don't know the questions they asked. It's a long time ago. So my parents are like thinking, these cops, they must, they don't know the truth. They're being told false information. So they call me up in Duluth. I answer the phone and I'll never forget them on the phone. And they're like, Christy, there's some officers here. Do you have something to tell us? And immediately dripping in sweat, wanting to crawl in a hole. And so I'm like, um, you know, I, and then my parents ask questions, and then they're like, wow, our daughter's a liar. Awesome. 
So the cops leave and I get subpoenaed to court. And so January I go to court and I was being sued for $1,600, which by the way, I didn't have. So immediately my mind goes, because I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm like, I'm gonna have to drop out of college. I'm gonna go to jail for 10 years. Like I'm gonna lose all my friends. My parents are never gonna forgive me. I'm the worst person ever. Like, I mean, spiraling out of control. I remember laying in bed, like, what am I gonna do? Just like, I, have, I, don't, I, can't, I can't get a lawyer. I have no money, what am I gonna do? So sending my mom gallivanting around Red Wing to get all this information for me. We, we report to court. And the only good thing out of this relationship I was in, which I don't promote the dating bad people, but I dated this dude, but he was very much like, we got this. So he went in and pretended he was my lawyer, (laughs) representing Christy Danielson at the time. And the Holy Spirit came into the room, y'all, and I got out of the situation and I ended up not paying anything. And some of you may be like, you should have paid. Yeah, I probably should have, but I didn't, and I didn't have the money, and that's not the point of the story. But what it is, <laughs> is that that was like pretty intense, extreme anxiety. It was, it was a picture that shows me like I wasn't dealing with it. I was avoiding, I put my, and that was a self-inflicted moment where I wasn't using my brain. And some of you may be like, yeah, I have a habit or I have um, history where I've struggled when I look at my past. But guess what? God is a God who gives us fresh starts. And if we allow him to come in, we don't live this anxious free life, but he does have a better way. Amen? I love the scripture in Psalms 139, 23 and 24. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. I love this verse because God is a God who wants to search you right now. He already knows everything, but there is so much power in us using our voice. There is so much power in saying, I need you. And today, even as you look at your life, maybe you see patterns, maybe you see shortcomings, or maybe you see like, you're just like, I'm stuck, I'm struggling. And I have a quote that I love. It's by Zig Ziglar. Cool name, right? Zig Ziglar says this. Many people today are not as concerned about the spider that spun the web as they are about the web. We spend a lot of time cleaning up cobwebs, but we do not kill the spider. And then wonder why the cobwebs keep coming back. It's time to go after that spider, the root cause of our problems, rather than just cleaning the cobwebs. Isn't that good? That's a metaphor for me. When I look at that, it's looking and saying, what are the root causes to why I'm struggling? Maybe it's us facing it and saying, I'm going to address this right now. It's God saying, let's overcome these things and these difficulties. Let's start identifying it and let's address the root causes. But guess what it it requires? It requires a willingness for the Holy Spirit to examine our thoughts, our beliefs, our behaviors, and the changes needed. Looking at your life right now, I want you to even think about what are causes in your life of anxiety. And I'm going to read a list. Maybe they're triggers, maybe it is patterns or habits or just the ways that you just naturally go to. And it's us re, like rethinking our thought patterns and, our pro- and how we are going to respond to things, okay? So when I think of triggers for anxiety, immediately I think of caffeine. I like coffee. But this can cause anxiety if you're drinking too much of it. Maybe it's alcohol. 
Maybe it's drugs. How about your diet? Maybe you're not eating enough. Maybe you're like going, going, going and not stopping and eating meals. Or maybe you're overeating. But what does your health look like? How about messy environment? I don't know about you, but when there's clutter, my mind is cluttered. If the environment is cluttered, my mind is cluttered. So it's like your environment. Maybe you're so overwhelmed and you're working in this like crazy space or you have the closet, if you watch Friends, like the Monica closet, and it's impacting you. There's just like you're overwhelmed, you don't know where to start. Maybe it's self-neglect. You put everyone in front of you except yourself. Maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Anyone ever start a show at night and you're like, just one episode, six later? Just me. Um, Maybe your finances or your bills overwhelm you. You don't want to open the envelope, so you just want to avoid. You're overwhelmed. You don't know how to get out out of debt. Maybe social gatherings overwhelm you. You struggle with social anxiety. Even coming to church on Sundays, it's a lot, and you battle it. And even with that, I want to say that the enemy doesn't want you here in this moment. So it's acknowledging even that, like, I'm getting up and I'm going. Maybe your work environment is impacting you negatively. It's a toxic work environment. How about conflict? Anyone like to avoid conflict? Don't want to have the hard conversations? Or your cell phone or whatever your gadget is. We're always plugged in. We're always getting notifications. Dude, that impacts you. Getting messages and that dingy noise. Jamie Scholl here, she taught me how to shut all that stuff off. I just handed her my phone, and she's like, oh, my word, give me your phone. And I'm like, take over. But it's like saying, this is impacting me. This is bothering me. Use the do not disturb or airplane mode. Shut it off. Put your phone in a different room. Maybe you struggle with comparison. So you start comparing everyone else's life, and then you get anxious, like, I should be doing this, or I'm not good enough, or maybe it's just that negative self-talk. How about overcommitters in the room? Don't raise your hand. Maybe you're overcommitting because you don't want to sit like Mary with Jesus. Maybe you're overcommitting because you don't want to sit with your feelings. How about the book of Revelations? Anyone ever see the Left Behind series? Does it cause you stress? How about isolation? I know for me, when I'm really spiraling, I just want to isolate and shut down and not be around anyone. So it's learning those things. How about your future? Anyone get caught up in the future? Like you just start like thinking through all these things. I know for me, I'm a mom of three girls and I can start thinking like, will they even turn out okay? Will they like me when they're grown ups? Are they going to make it? Are they going to graduate? Are they going to go to college? Are they going to find their life partner? Are they going to get married? Are they going to have kids? Are they going to like, you know, are they going to be safe? What if they live in the city and someone takes them? I mean, it just goes and goes and goes and goes. Anyone? And so it's just like getting caught up with our thoughts or our future. Maybe it's just like looking at your past and you spiral because of your past, maybe past trauma or past experiences that have impacted you. Maybe it's regret. Maybe it's constantly saying all the things that you haven't done. Shame. There's so much shame. I have so many moments where I'm like, there's so much shame in me even voicing what's actually happening. If they only knew. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe you're in a really intense grief season. And you feel like you're never going to get out of this. I think that's one of the scariest things, too, is when we're in the pit, we don't know how long we're going to be in that pit. And sometimes it's, sometimes, yes, we need to come down to the pit and sit with people. But I know for me, sometimes I'm wanting to tug people into it in a bad way. But it's saying, like, it's extending my hand and saying, help me out. 
It's looking at negative situations in your life that maybe have had caused a lot of emotional pressure. Or maybe you're the person that puts the most pressure on yourself. So why do I share these things? I think it is so important for us to sit, to realize where we're at, to ask God for help. There's a scripture in Psalms 139 that I want to read, and it says, My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty, which means ignorant, vain, or proud, saying, I don't want to be prideful, God. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. What is that verse saying? It's saying God wants us to quiet ourselves, to be like Mary, to stop. To, to not be too prideful and say, I got it. Because I know my pride gets in the way. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she is brilliant. If you've never followed her or read her book, she has a ton of resources out there. I discovered her probably eight to ten years ago. And I did this actually whole mindfulness um, study where just the power of giving God 12 minutes a day. And she says this, that praying for 12 minutes a day can help calm your mind and reduce anxiety. This is because prayer involves focusing on God and his presence. So it's shifting our eyes on him and not what's right in front of us, which can have a calming and centering effect of our mind and our body. 12 minutes a day. What would your life look like if you started giving 12 minutes every single day? So maybe you're like, how do I do that? I think number one, it's using positive language. It's choosing to be uplifting. And I'm not saying we can't think we can't give God our negative thoughts. We need to. He's requiring us to do so. But there is so much goodness when we start saying, God, you are God. God, you are a God of healer. And it's speaking truths and it's positioning ourselves to receive. I know for me, I'm a big fan of worship. If you've never made a worship list, like on Spotify or Apple, like iTunes or something like that, but like make a list or ask me, I have them. I actually have a playlist called Peace for when I'm anxious, and I play it, and I'll play it. Um, there's been really dark nights in my life where I play that on, re like, repeat until I fall asleep. I've done that for my girls. If they're struggling with anxieties, I'll play that when they go to sleep, playing their favorite worship songs, but setting the tone, setting the atmosphere, positioning yourself, using positive language. It's praying. It's being in a quiet place. It's opening the word, and it's maybe, if you've never done so, memorize scripture, or look up scripture where, like, if you're struggling in even one of those categories I looked up, it's going, God, like, what's the scripture on isolation? And Google it. Or ask a friend. But just start, like, searching and researching. Because if I've learned anything, especially in the past three, four, five years, is that there is a war going on in my mind. And I am so sick of it. And when I have conversations with you, I see it, I hear it, but it's, there's so much power in us getting the thoughts that are in our mind out. And it's vulnerable and it's scary. Jenny Allen says this, because alone in the dark, the devil can tell you whatever the hell he wants. And I'm not swearing. But I am so sick and tired of the enemy winning in your mind telling you you're not good enough, telling you you should quit, telling you life would be better without you. 
So it's identifying what is the hell that's going on in your mind. What are the thoughts that are repeating over and over? I know for me, I just recently I was having a really hard season again and just battling with anxiety. And I was talking to Andy and I was just like, I was like pent up with my emotion and like stuffing it down and not wanting to deal with it. And then it just came out and I started telling him in our living room, the things that were going on in my head. And in it, honestly, in it, I was like, I know, and I opened it and prefaced it with, I sound crazy right now. Like, I feel crazy, and I just, like, let out the lies. But there's so much power in us letting out the lies and us saying the enemy is not going to win in my mind anymore because the minute I, have, I use my words, amen, the minute I use my words or I say, Holy Spirit, I need you, he comes in. It's the invitation for us to give God your situation. Give God your weakness. Give God your struggle. Because guess what? Prayer physically changes the chemistry in your brain. Did you know that? Truly, it does. It changes the chemistry in your brain. So we need to choose to let the Holy Spirit redirect our thoughts. We have to physically create like new pathways in our brain because there's a whole thing that I was doing a deep dive on, which is another day, but our brain responds to past ways we respond. So we need to change those patterns. And if, if anything, it is impossible for us to have a positive life when we have a negative mind. Scripture says this in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So it's taking those thoughts captive and it's saying, like I'll say, like God, I am tired, but I know you can give me energy. God, I am weak, but I know that you can fill me up. You know, and it's just repeating those things. It's identifying those thoughts and bringing them under the authority of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you don't even have the words. I'm telling you my favorite prayer. Guess what it is? Jesus. Sincerely, I have echo his name. Or, echo, or echo, I don't even know my tattoo. Echo his, yeah, echo his name is on my arm. But why did I get this? I got this long before echo. But it's, I have so many vivid memories of me just saying Jesus on repeat. I remember having a scary delivery with one of my girls and going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I remember losing a friend and going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I remember not having boldness or fear or just like the anxiety attacks and saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It doesn't need to be profound. And maybe it's even you are like sitting here today, and I am so passionate about this subject of even using your voice out loud. I grew up not praying out loud. And I'm not saying any, there's anything wrong with us praying in our mind or journaling. I do all of those things. But there is so much power and authority when you speak it out, when you get the words out. And if you're scared, maybe it's handwriting your prayers and then to yourself and then reading them out loud to God. And training yourself and saying, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to be a student of prayer. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Let your gentleness be evident to all, and the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds to Christ Jesus. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me and seen in me, put it into practice. Today is us practicing what God says. And the God of peace will be with you. 
And the band's gonna come up as I close, and I just wanna say this to you right now. Is if you're here and you're like, okay, Chrissy, this is a lot. We know. But I just want you to leave at least knowing these things is that the anxiety that you're experiencing is not your fault. And that you can change. I can change. Third, it's recognizing that there is a target on your back that the enemy wants to get, but it's time for you to start fighting back. And even when I think about this with the target is I think about my girls. Man, and I have seen the enemy win for them, even at their tender ages that they are at 6, 10, and 13. And I'm not going to unpack their stories because that's theirs to tell. But there's been times where I am so angry at the enemy winning with the lies that the world has told them. And that's how God looks at you. And that's the best picture I can see as a mom of looking at my girls. But that's how God looks at me. And I want to tell you today is you're not broken. And there's hope. And there's so much power in just starting. Start somewhere. And starting somewhere looks like asking for help. It's saying I'm in the pit. I want to quit. A couple years ago, I was going through a pretty intense season of anxiety that I didn't, wasn't really like connecting the dots at the time. And I felt like I needed to share this with you today and because I'm far enough removed from it too that it's not just like a raw open wound because that's a thing I've learned too. And um, so I was experiencing anxiety and what it was looking like for me is I had my lip was quivering. This was when we were wearing masks too. Um, so people weren't seeing it, but my lip quivered for three or four months straight. Like my bottom lip quivering nonstop moving, twitching. Um, and on top of it, my right eye kept twitching. Um, I'll get hives when I'm really anxious. Like, they're like, will not go away. Um, I was feeling at nighttime when I was going to bed so often that like my heart was just racing and someone was sitting on it. That's the best way I can explain it. Someone was sitting on my chest and I felt like claustrophobic in my own body. Um, a couple other things I was experiencing was just like nervous, um, anxious, insomnia. I would be so exhausted and I would hit the pillow and I'd fall right asleep. And then like two, three hours in, I would wake up wide awake, mind racing for hours. So I had scheduled like a normal physical to see my physician and I went in and I walked into the appointment and it was just like a normal checkup. And she started, she asked me the normal questions here at Mayo Clinic and asked about my anxiety, asked about if I was experiencing depression. And I said, no, I'm doing great doing awesome because you know that's what we do put on the mask I got in my car and I walked down I walked to my car and I just felt so heavy my head was down and I just started weeping turned on some worship in my van and I was so ashamed that I lied so disappointed that I didn't say the truth and I don't know if you've ever experienced something where you're just like no you're supposed to say something and you don't and I just was like dude that was my opportunity to be honest and just we have horrible insurance so it's like super expensive and I'm like I'm gonna have to go back in and I'm just gonna cost money and Andy's gonna get mad at me and you know I'm just like going through all these things he didn't get mad but I'm just like telling myself all these things like calling myself names negative self-talk and so I get on the portal on my phone and I message my physician and I'm like hey I forgot to bring something up I need to schedule another appointment 
So she has me come back in and immediately she's like, Christy, she's like, what, did I miss something? And I just started bawling in her office. And I was like, listen, I lied. I'm not okay. And I proceeded to tell her my symptoms and explain what was going on. But in the same breath, I'm like, it's probably nothing. I don't know, it'll probably pass. And she's like, Christy. And she like got, you know, wheeled her chair over me. And she's like, that's anxiety. You're experiencing anxiety. Those are anxiety attacks. And I'm like, what? But I'm not depressed. I love my life. I love my family. I love Echo. And I just think like I was needing to learn how to cope with the, the weight of the world and the weight of the situation and the weight of caring for you. And I wasn't able to shut it off. And so she sits with me. We process through. I take this exam and I was 27 out of 30 on anxiety. So I guess that's great. So I'm like, I'm killing it in anxiety. So I walked out of that day with a prescription for an anti-anxiety medication. And I'm not here saying every single person needs a pill, but I'm here to name that sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you need a pill to help you. Sometimes it's getting in a counselor's office. Sometimes it's me weeping to my husband and saying, I'm not okay. Sometimes it's taking a nap in the middle of the day. Sometimes it's us surrendering to God again. Sometimes it's naming what you're doing to cope and saying, I'm done using drugs, alcohol, TV, whatever the case is, and it's accepting the help. But today is about you getting honest with God. It's getting honest with where you're at. It's getting honest with your loved ones and letting God do the work. It's not us being a Martha and running around. It's us being Mary right now. And so in this very moment, it's you saying, I need to be like Mary and you're sitting with Jesus. And I want you just to stand with me and I'm just gonna pray some scripture over you as we close and then we're gonna wrap it up with a song. And my heart today is that anxiety in your life, take this as a signal for you to do something right now to not ignore it. Let this be the catalyst for your life to look different after today. So I wanna speak some truths over you is that God cares for you. Say, God cares for me. Give all of your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. Say, God heals, but I will restore you in health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. God comforts you. Say, God comforts me. And even that, saying, God comfort me in this moment. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You are the rod and the staff, and they comfort me. So if you are in that valley, if you are in that pit, let him comfort you. God is powerful. Say, God is powerful. Your right hand, O oh Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O oh Lord, shatters the enemy. God sees. Say, God sees me. He sees all of you. You are the God who sees me, for she said, and I have seen the one who sees me. And lastly, God loves you. Say, God loves me. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that once upon a time kind of love, but the kind that he loves us. He sent his only son as a sacrifice to clear away all of our sins, all of our shortcomings, all of our downfalls, 
and the damage that we've done for us to have that fresh start with God. Amen? And maybe it's today saying, I'm gonna say Jesus' name out loud, or you're gonna go home and make that playlist, but it's even evaluating saying, this is the next step that I need to make. And there's three things that I want you to walk away with, is, and that is this, is that do what you can do today. If it means taking a step, that means you taking that step, take it. And the things that you can't do is give that to God and say, God, you can do what you want with this. And then lastly is trust that God is the God that is gonna provide for you. Amen? All right, so I would just love it if you just close your eyes and I'm just gonna pray and then we're gonna say the Jesus prayer is, God, I just come to you right now and we just declare these things to you, God. I pray for the immediate obedience in this very moment. God, make way, do what you can do. God, give us that fresh start. God, I pray for the anxiety represented presently in this moment. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, for you to transform our lives. I pray that we can be a church and provide space for people to be honest, to be real, to be authentic, God. That we come in here with our mess for you to clean it up, for you to take care of us and for you to mend Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts today. Give us the mind of peace in your name, amen. And Echo, right now, we're just gonna say a prayer that we say every week at Echo. And if you've never said this before, we call this the Echo Prayer, but honestly, it's a surrender. It's a moment for us to surrender. So will you please just join us as we say this prayer? Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority, amen. All right, Echo, let's cheer and clap and celebrate the people that said that for the very first time. Thank you.
sprained ankle for the person who's supposed to speak today to speak, but I'm, I'm really glad that God would use a sore ankle to bring a word like that today. Can we just celebrate Christy today? Thank you for your vulnerability and putting it out there. Can I encourage you in something? Uh, it's okay to not be okay. Like that isn't, I think somehow we are lying to ourselves a lot, but I just want to say it's okay to, be, to not be okay. And one of the encouragements I want to give you with that is that the best way to start the path towards healing and growth is actually to do things together. It's letting people in a little bit about what's going on in your life. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are struggling right now, if you've been struggling your whole life, maybe anxiety is a season, or maybe it's just been a lifetime of it, let's maybe consider letting some people in to walk this journey with us. I just think that's the best and most healthy and most profitable next step. Now, one of the things we love to do at Echo is we love to encourage people and celebrate people. And we want to celebrate a group of people that came into church for the first time today. Let's give it up for those people. 